This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire What's the goal? This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Salam. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I am your host, covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or even if you're chilling at home watching us live on YouTube. Special, special happy birthday to a four-year-old. His dad is super proud of him. Aus is four today, and uh, his dad was showing me videos of him doing Taekwondo today and said, please, 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 can you give us a shout-out for my son? And he's so proud of you as well by the way he was super super proud and uh, and so am i so yeah so happy happy birthday else hope you have an incredible day uh, keep making your dad proud he's amazing as well shout out to hashim as well okay cool right um what's on the menu today right kareem benzema is back uh in a shock return to france now for those that don't know kareem uh, benzema plays for one of the biggest clubs in the world and has been consistently scoring for real madrid for years but he's also been very controversial and he happens to be one that represents, let's say, his roots pretty strong. So why has he been excluded from France and why the shock return for Didier Deschamps? That's going to be on segment today. We also have on the menu today the psychology of returning to something that you love. Let you let that sink in for a second. Now, for example, I'm going to put myself in a scenario. When you coach and you have a lot on the line and you come back and you coach a new bunch of players that's the situation I was in the other day and I'm going to share that with you today have you guys been in a situation where you've returned to something that you love but you're not quite sure where you're at so that we're going to share that with you uh, as well on the menu and then finally Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua we've been talking about that on the show it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to be in Saudi August 14th it's not going to happen yet why? Because there's a certain Deontay Wilder who's taken it to the court. So we're discussing that as well on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. On Pulse95. 95. 95. Oh, he loves the fire then! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Shout out to everyone who is tuned in. Thank you very much as well, man, for all the love I'm getting at the studio if you were with us in uh, the top of the hour. You know when you drop the mic? <laughs> I literally dropped the mic in my hand. And thanks to Ray as well, as always, for being fantastic. Came in and saved the day. The mic dropped <laughs> in my hand while we were starting the top of the hour. But hey, we're here now. We're making it happen. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in on Instagram live, man. Saturday's a popping day. Maria, Flo, Zara, Megan. Uh, um, who else we got? Fahad, Ikram, SL Fit. 
على امل our very own Amal we had on the show Sophia Khalid Ashraf Abdul Hadi from the UK as well Spicy Rashid Baz um, Kulthum as well yeah thank you very much for connecting we got a lot of stuff to talk about today um, so as you know if you tuned in on the show you would have realized that we were talking about finally the Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua fight gonna happen everyone was so gassed everyone was so excited and it was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna see this and it even told us that the dates have been announced so we were all like okay great you know we finally get to see the best of the best face each other in their prime no <laughs> moments later <laughs> that's not gonna happen at all why because a certain Deontay Wilder has something to say about that now Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder have verbally committed to a third fight ESPN reported that on Thursday night but days after an arbitration ruling halted fight talks between Fury and Joshua now all of a sudden that's been put on the back burner and it's it's kind of messed up everything in the sense of we were going to have a fight around the corner. And we say around the corner, August is, is still a way away. But these guys are in camps. They're getting ready to go. They're, this is no joke. This is this is the best of the best fighting, you know, uh, against each other. And, and now it's not going to happen. Why? Because Deontay Wilder was promised a third fight. They've already booked the venue uh, July 24th at the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Bob Arum revealed that to ESPN. Uh, that top prank had already booked that. But now what happens to AJ? Because AJ was getting ready for... AJ. AJ was getting ready for, for Tyson Fury. So they were... They, this was about to happen. And especially with all the politics behind boxing, one person's at ESPN, one person's at The Zone, all this was going to happen. Now it's not going to happen. Why? Because there was a third fight on the cards for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Now, for those that don't know what happened, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fought the first time and it was a draw. How? have no idea but it was a famous um get up from fury after Deontay wilder knocked him down which kept the fight going so that was fight number one fight number two masterclass boxing science at its best technical boxing by tyson fury and he beat Deontay wilder knocked him out done that was second fight people thought you know what the first one should have been to fury the second one was definitely to fury it's done no it's not because of the contract wilder now wants the third fight now, the problem with this is, we've got to ask, what does Wilder want? Why is it that Deontay Wilder is so fixated on getting that third fight now? Because obviously stocks are high when you're winning. Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua are at the top of you know their ranks at the moment. Deontay Wilder wants that fight. If Deontay Wilder ruins plans for Tyson Fury, that affects all the gold that's going to be distributed between fury and joshua saying that july that's a couple of months away they've already booked the venue so that's something's going to have to happen there but does wilder want the belt does he want money does he just want fury and if so can we work around it can we actually say you know what here's the belt you can have that we'll give you the belt now and then once you have the belt i'm going to fight joshua well, not me personally, he'd knock me out. <laughs> I'm going to fight Joshua uh, on August the 14th, and then I'll come back for you afterwards for the belt and fight you after that. But it's not as simple as that because the venue has been booked. So this is kind of thrown boxing out there, but they said everything should be clear within the next few days. And we've been talking about it on the show here. So could he give up the WBC belt to Wilder, then back to face him 
after August once Joshua because that's the unification fight right everyone's talking about who's going to get all the belts who's going to collect all the gold so it really throws things off what do you think of the situation 4215 send me a text or slide into my DMs as Fahad is doing already I think he had a request in the contract that if Wilder loses he gets his immediate rematch I believe so too but I also think just like normally with boxing contracts so for example Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury is a two fight contract which means they get to fight each other twice I think that after the first fight because it was a draw it threw a lot of people off so then they added two more actual uh, fights to the Anthony Joshua Deontay Wild sorry the uh, Deontay Wild Tyson Fury fight and that's where the complication is but you know what I'm really worried about I'm worried about we used to have this with Mayweather and Pacquiao there was all these delays and technicalities and politics and which uh, promotion is going to go forward and we never got Mayweather Pacquiao in their prime I'm sure Ray you're going to agree with me on this one not having the best of the best fight each other at that time is kind of something which you would delay if you feared someone but I don't think Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury fear each other I just think Deontay Wilder wants a piece of the cake right now and right now the two dominating forces in the heavyweight division is Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua and and I'm just worried we're going to get this vibe again where it's going to be dragged and then what happens to the belt if someone does lose a boxing match obviously mentally what kind of capacity are they going to be in what kind of frame of mind are they going to be in it's a whole different ball game when you come off a loss to when you come off a win and they both come off wins. So now is the time to face each other. But what do you guys think? Let me know on 4215 at or do or slide into my DMs at Omar Dur on Instagram. And who, if Fury did face Wilder, then is there anything else but a, a, a Fury win? And if Fury faces Joshua, who's going to win on that? Here's some Mike Lowry, brand new. Enjoy this and we'll be right back after the break. Is the halftime show with Omar Adouri? Oh, he loves the fire! That was a goal. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri on Pulse ninety five. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes, welcome back to the halftime show. Though Madhuri Angie's on fire today in the studio in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse ninety five radio, uh, talking a lot of good stuff today. We start off with boxing. Ah oh, man, boxing. Speaking about boxing, what's up, Sarah? I see you here on Instagram live. Uh, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua on hold. Why? Why, Deontay Wilder? Do you want to get smashed again? Um, yeah, that's good. We were supposed to fight in Saudi August 14th. That's not going to happen because there's been a fight booked for July 24th in Las Vegas for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. So that's going to be on hold now. But yeah, now we're going to be talking about the return of Karim Benzema. Now, for those that don't know Karim Benzema, he is a um, very well-established football figure in the world. He plays for one of the biggest clubs in Real Madrid. And also has been consistently scoring for Real Madrid for years. But why hasn't he been included in the France setup with his coach Didier Deschamps? A lot of people are saying that, you know, it's been it's been too long, but all of a sudden now he has been called up. Now, what has happened for him not to be called up in the last couple of years? There was a court issue with a teammate from the national team called Balbuena. A lot of controversy behind some videos, etc. But 
Karim Benzema was obviously uh, is, is a huge name and was punished for doing so. Now, when he did get punished for that, a lot of people said, obviously, because Karim Benzema's roots are not originally from France, then it had something to do with the uh, alleged racial situation because of how, um, you know, things are at the moment with politics and sport. And Karim Benzema came out and voiced that regarding the uh, France manager, ex-World Cup winner Didier Deschamps, and said, it's a racist thing. That obviously got put out. They never spoke. And it was it was madness, madness, you know. What, how one of the best strikers in the world is not involved in, you know, the national team for France. Now, saying that, when you know when you know what the France team is like, they are stacked right now. Um, it's it's crazy to see that France have so much quality. I mean, Mbappe is is their striker at the moment. Can play off the front three as well. So that is probably saying it's it's really messy at the moment not to have you know, Karim Benzema back in there because he offers a lot. Now, they did meet and they spoke after five years of silence or five and a half years of silence. There's been a lot of opportunities, uh, ego, stubbornness, you can name it. But they spoke again and it was something where Didier Deschamps called him up and had a word with the national team for France and said, you know, do you guys mind? Will this be a problem? They said, no, it shouldn't be. And all of a sudden he's back. Now, they used to be very close, apparently, and this is where it's quite surprising because taking over from Laurent Blanc after France's disappointing quarterfinal exit in Euro 2012, Deschamps built his first three years at the helm around enigmatic striker. But after Benzema's last cap, which was in October 2015, how long ago was that for us to be thinking, all right, you know what, let's bring you back in the fold now. Now, the way I see it is, is that because Deschamps looks at the Euros and thinks we have to win this and we have a lot of competition and if so who is his competition what is happening in there this is why it makes me think about the psychology of when you're a coach when you're a manager and you have your players with you and you see someone like Karim Benzema who normally seems quite quiet as a player and more leads by example um, but he has lived a lavish lifestyle away from football and should that affect his call up to France and why has it been you know that long since 2015 that he hasn't been called up so I look at that and I think mm, you know what's what's with that and I saw what Deschamps said Deschamps said everyone can make mistakes I already have a difficult relationship with some players but this shirt is above everything else I took the time to think to analyse my feelings my job is not to surprise I never said that Karim was not eligible for France we can't go back in time the most important is that we saw each other I needed it and he did too that, see that in itself when you're coaching or when you're at a level like a high level like these guys are there's a lot of ego involved. Deschamps was a captain himself. He knows what it's like to be in the dressing room. When you start to say I and you instead of the team, the one thing he did say was the shirt is obviously bigger and heavier than either one of us. So I'm glad he was managed to put his ego aside. I'll, I can speak from experience. I've had players, you know, who have been on my teams in the past who were massive, massive personalities. Okay. But saying that, they... I had to almost put my personal feelings aside just to get the best out of them for the team. Now, whether I agreed with the way they reacted or um, acted towards me, 
probably not but this is where as a coach sometimes you kind of have to swallow your pride a little bit and do what's best for the team and then you can reflect on it afterwards and how you are with someone away from the game that's a different story you don't have to be their friend they don't have to like you but if they know that you are there for the purpose of the team then that's the main thing and this is why Benzema said, said didn't understand why he was dropped back in 2015. He didn't understand why the Real Madrid accused him of bowing to the pressure of racist part of France. That's what we were talking about earlier. You know, those two used to be very close. So why bring in the racial element for not being selected? And by the way, you know, for those that don't know who Karim Benzema is, he's a top, top footballer and someone who's done it at the highest level. So it wouldn't be because of his ability that he wasn't selected. And that's where I kind of question Deschamps. Normally, I tend to side with the manager or the coach. I always tend to think, you know what, there's always something they know that we don't. And I'll give you a very, very quick example. When I was coaching um, a couple of years back in a tournament, a massive, massive tournament, and we got knocked out in the semi-final. Some of, how can I say this? Some of the players that I used to coach were doing some TV, some punditry on TV. And when asked about my decision to play certain players, they were like, I don't know why he did that. And I don't know why, you know, he picked player A and player B over player C and player D. It was a bad decision by the coach. But here's where these players didn't understand. They didn't understand what was going on behind the scenes. The reason why those players were selected was because they were performing a certain way to what the game plan was. They weren't going out for their individual rewards. They were going out for the team awards. And that's why I rewarded them by starting them in that tournament and what i couldn't say and this is where again you've got to be careful what you say in the media what i couldn't say is what do you guys know you don't know what's happening behind the scenes you don't know what's happening in the camp the reason why i played them was because that was the best thing for the team and not for the individual um you know recognition i couldn't say that and you kind of have to stay quiet and you have to bite the bullet and one day you can explain it to those people if they want you to if they ask you for your opinion but that's what I'm saying. This situation is very, very similar. But that long ago, 2015, is a long time. And Kareem Benzema is a top player. So what had happened really for Deschamps to remove him? Apart from the controversy with Valbuena, that's what I'm asking. What do you guys think? 4215 at the Salat do. Let's take a quick break. Uh, blessings, remix. Yeah, well, let's do this, man. Here we go. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Aduri on Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show, though, Maldur. Your boy on Pulse 95 Radio in the half, Sharjah. We're having some fun today. If you missed out the show, don't worry. You can catch all the podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or on Rami. Or if you prefer a visual, head over to the YouTube channel. It's Pulse 95 Radio. We've got some fantastic guests covering some wicked topics like mental health, gut health, and how much the brain impacts the body in performance and recovery. Right, okay. A couple of questions coming in. Um, why the secrecy in the real reasons for the Deschamps-Benzema uh, situation. Okay, so so here's my take on that. I think a lot of things, as I alluded to in segment two, a lot of things happen behind the scenes that we don't know about. Now, whether that's regarding player power, whether that's regarding even contract talks, whether that's regarding training performances, there's a lot of things where certain people show different things in 
you know, in the camp. Now, international is obviously different to club because club is every day. International is only for a short period of time. And even what I learned for when I went to Africa and I worked in Senegal um, for the African Nations Cup, what I learned is you're only with the players for six weeks. You won't see them after that. That's if it's a major tournament. If you got international friendlies, that's only for a week to 10 days max that you spend time with these players. Now, what they bring into the camp mentally as well, the psychology of what they're going through, they bring that kind of energy in. So to answer your question, I think there was a lot of um, conflict between Deschamps and Benzema, especially after the Valbuena um, Benzema court case and Benzema could still get in trouble for that, by the way. And this, it's still ongoing because there was a situation that happened between them two. And Benzema was around Valbuena at the time when something got released. And so therefore, it was an easy target to tackle a big name and exclude him from that. But that was a long time ago. So I think that's why the secrecy of that is probably down to what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say in the media, in the public. But if you ask the players, the players normally know, and that's the teammates. And that's why I think if Benzema was guilty or if there were things that weren't healthy for the France national team, I don't think he'd be allowed to come in. And Deschamps was asked, are the players, the current players, okay with Benzema coming in? And here's what I see. Some of those players, especially at the age that they're at, would have looked up to Benzema when he was involved in tournaments. Because if you look at, you know, his career, you know, Euro 2008, he was called up for the first time in the national team and that was by Dominique. And, and Raymond uh, Dominique was definitely someone who was very, very tricky. That's November 2006 for the team's friendly against Greece is when it all started. Then you look at 2010 World Cup um, reports after Euro 2008 Benzema remained a regular in the team so that was going through fine Euro 2012 uh, he returned to the national team again and this time a different coach Laurent Blanc 2014 he scored his first goal for the France national team since 2012 against Australia that's another thing and then you go forward to Euro 2016 and 2018 and um, they, uh, they announced that he would not be picked for the tournament so you see you, you look at his his play and the way he interlinks, you know, so many things. And also, I think the whole racism and I think the whole situation with Karim Benzema is because he's originally uh, from Algerian roots. And of course, Karim Benzema. I mean, it's not very French, is it? So we know that some of the best French players, Zinedine Zidane, come from those roots. But there is a huge community in France that are from those roots. So... To call it racism or to call it, it's very, very delicate and it's very, very touchy. You can't be using words and terms like that if there's no substance behind it. So the fact that Deschamps has allowed him back in shows that they've put their differences aside. And also it shows that Oliver Giroud as well, you know, Olivier Giroud has, has done fantastic for France. He's one of those um, athletes or players, for those that don't know Giroud, he's one of those people that's a very much a team player. He doesn't care about the scoring records. He went a whole tournament without scoring, but he brings in the best out of the others. So now with Giroud not playing regularly for Chelsea, Karim Benzema has been brought in, who's been playing regularly for Real Madrid, who could win the league today. I mean, the odds are against him. Atletico Madrid are favourites. But see, this is what I mean by the psychology of when you bring someone in a big personality will they disrupt the group that you have or will they be a team player and if so the young players must be thinking wow Karim Benzema's back 
the older players must be thinking oh no that means i'm not playing or some of them already play with him in la liga or uh, played in the champions league against them so there's so many factors here you see there's so many factors that work but what i like about the situation is i like it personally when i see a player or an athlete that gets on with the hard work and and does things the proper way and eventually you can't ignore them i've said this to some of my footballers and my athletes in the past work so hard that they can't look past you and then when you get the recognition it's not a fluke you know we've seen athletes from all sorts of sports be able to adapt some people have said to my athletes or even myself in performance sometimes is ah oh, i didn't think you could do that well that's because your head is down and you're working hard you don't have to tell people what you're going to do you just have to do it and that's what i like and respect so i think with kareem benzema to be very fair to him he's 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 really worked hard on being among the elite of the elite when it comes to strikers and that's why he's getting the recognition and even someone like Didier Deschamps even the controversy behind the situation with the court case and everything has still given him the call up that he requires but what do you guys think is it a good move from Deschamps to bring back Karim Benzema or is it something that you know we'd say is a big risk calculated risk is what they're saying on here we'll be right back after the break here's some burner boy and enjoy folks I'll be right back after this this is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves to fire that What's a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> Sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. Thank you very much for tuning in today on Pulse95 Radio. Yes, in the heart of Sharjah. Shout out to AFC versus City FC Championship game. We've got um, a couple of my players who are playing uh, in a final final game today. Big, big game. Almas, Tara and Amelia. So yeah, if you're watching now, make sure you uh, screen record it and post it and share and like and love and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tied because I've obviously got players on both teams. So uh, hopefully it's a good game, just as the other final was that we won. Uh, okay, so um, a couple of things we mentioned today. We mentioned uh, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury is on hold because of Deontay Wilder, the return of Karim Benzema. And also, obviously, we've been taking your questions in at the moment. But I think like, Something that's got me thinking is the psychology of like returning to something that you love. Now, obviously, I'd mentioned on the show that I'm getting back into coaching. It's something that I want to do. I want to practice. But what was interesting last Thursday is I actually got back on the pitch and started to work with new players. But why this was special was because it's a fresh batch of players, very talented ones as well. You know, um, for me, it's more about development than just results. Not really interested in that. Obviously, we all want to win. But looking at what we can bring out of the players that I have and also trying to put a puzzle together. The, the players that I have, they're not people that obviously have worked with me before. Some of them have, some of them haven't. But it's also the characters, the personalities. They're very talented um, female footballers and uh, footballers in general. So I always say, but it's a female team. And, and 
for me, it's more about the accountability factor, what I can bring out of them, sometimes freezing plays, sometimes bringing things into practice, but but more about them. And uh, and it struck me because even I was thinking about it. I was thinking, how are they feeling right now? They've got their own coaches. They've got 100 coaches across you know the whole of the UAE. And they've got another guy here now talking to them. Um, what's their perception? What's their... We, we say we don't judge first impressions, but we, we actually do. We get an idea of who we're working with. For me, it was more about, you know, implementing some of the things that I wanted, but also sometimes being okay to let things go. Um, when players are standing, for example, their body language, when sometimes it's not as high intensity as it normally is because they have games or training sessions coming up or recovery days. So it's all that stuff that I think that my uh, assessor taught me is look at the psychology of the players look at how they react look at how they respond do they take the information in do they absorb what you're saying how do how do they respond to being criticized how do they respond to respond to um, development how do they respond to you actually calling them out and and here's the thing when when players and i've been a player obviously before but when a player actually starts to realize that this coach is going to put their everything on the line for me they don't tend to take things negatively now we all respond in different ways our personalities our characters that's the beautiful thing about the game and you get to work with different cultures and backgrounds and all sorts of great stuff but i was watching i was watching these players different ages as well and different experiences and just the way they were adapting even shout out to khalid as well who was my goalkeeper that day helping me out it was very interesting very interesting to see what we can do and also it it just gives you more ideas the brain is ticking in overdrive of what you can put together you know for this group of players and i'm i'm thinking of this as a as a much bigger thing even maria said to me yesterday she's like i think you're really thinking about this <laughs> you know because i was we were sitting down we were talking and all of a sudden i've gone to the board and i've put this if this person comes in there then that person can play there maybe i can play this person and she's looking at me thinking, this guy is crazy. <laughs> this guy is nuts. Uh, but that's the thing. When you love something, and this doesn't just apply to football. It can apply to whatever you love doing. When you love something, you spend that time on it. Behind the scenes. And people only see the forefront of it. They only see the, the last part and go, hmm, not bad. But there's a lot of thought behind it. And and uh, and for me, someone who studies behavior and, and, and psychology of you know athletes it was very cool very interesting to, to be able to see that shout out to uh, a very own athlete Walid also someone who's uh, who's a national team champion uh, beach footballer as well fantastic I've had him on the show before he's here um, which is you know really really good um, but yeah so so have you guys returned to something that you love after taking time out and if so how were you feeling were you nervous were you anxious were you excited I'm kind of interested in finding out from you guys what you think and how that went. Because I, w- I went back to the football pitch. I wasn't necessarily nervous. I was more just I wanted to start. I was looking forward to it the whole day. I've had clients all day and, and, and doing all sorts of things, appointments, meetings, you know, family. But once you get on the pitch again, I think, you know, even a good friend of mine, Inji, she came down. Bless her. She's expecting a new, a new baby and, and I didn't even get a chance to to talk to her because, you know, her, Fahad and Murad came to watch the session. And I, and I was so fixated on, on what we were doing that I didn't even get a chance to spend time with her. And, and the, the, the person comes out after the coach later and you think, oh man, I didn't spend any time with her. But this is what I mean. When you go back to something, you know, that you, you haven't done for a while that you love, 
you get lost in it and i think a lot of people use sport as a form of escapism and that's the beautiful thing about sport sport is more than just you know what you see on tv there's people playing in the playgrounds on the streets you know in the garden all over the world and it it gives you this feeling and that's why i wanted to share that with you guys today and see you know have you gone back to something you haven't done for a while and and how did it feel we are reaching full time on the halftime show i hope you've enjoyed as much as i have uh we are wrapping up for the day enjoy your saturday folks and i'll be back remember every monday wednesday saturday three to four uae time and also the youtube will be out later so shout out to super mario and gabby who uh always put that content out there for you on youtube make sure you share like and subscribe and i'll see you guys very soon be good guys love 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 all the best peace and love blessings i'm out this is pulse 95 tune in live every monday wednesday and saturday from 3 p.m 